One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What up? It's the second tier. <laughs> it's the second tier podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks. I'm joined by Justin Peach. I never know how these intros are going to go. <laughs> the best thing is, neither do I. <laughs> so here we are. We're talking about the top half. It's 12th to 6th. Hmm. It's Wednesday. Let's get into it. 12th place, Justin. Who have we got? Huddersfield. Why have we got Huddersfield 12th? Because we have. Great. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, you had them to finish 8th, actually, yeah. in our combined yeah, table. Yeah. So why did you why do you rate Huddersfield so much? That's, what? Why do you rate, well, why did you rate them so much? Because you, cl- you clearly rate them better than I do. Yeah. Um, they, they've got a large majority of their squad from when they got promoted a couple of seasons back, which was a, a very good squad. It even I probably I'd probably argue that it underperformed in the season that they went up because um, like goal wise they just they weren't great finished minus four goal difference wasn't the best they went up did well again and they added to their squad almost added too many players in the wrong places went too defensive when it went and it went bad um, and they've kept a lot of that squad and they've added some smart signings to that squad probably since January we've mentioned Colin Grant a lot. Um, and then going into the summer as well. Hmm. I can see what you mean, but considering how terrible they were in the Premier League last season, I'm, I don't think it'll be a surprise for many people that we have Huddersfield this low, and if it wasn't for you, we'd have them even lower. Well, I'll, I'll take credit for that one, but I think expectations at Huddersfield allows listening to you know, a, couple of, a couple of Huddersfield fans to sort of say, you know, it, it's... The, they might they might compete for the top six. It's probably worth saying that the teams in this next segment are they they might finish in the top six. They yeah. they have a relatively yeah. good chance of finishing in the top six. We're not I'd agree with that. I'm just looking at who I've got in this. I'm just looking looking at who I've got in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I'll I'll, I'll give you yeah. that. Uh, well, they've been they've been preparing for the championship since mm-hmm. about January. Yeah. Um, which says how crap they were doing last season. Yep. Uh, and they managed to keep hold of a core group of players, really. Mm-hmm. The question is how good that group actually yeah. is. Uh, I'm not convinced by Jan Sievert as a manager. And there doesn't seem to be any indication last season that when he came in, things were actually getting better, mm. which is a concern. Um, and he's not universally popular with Huddersfield fans either. And I, th- I don't think you're too convinced about it. No, it's you almost. There's been a lot of managers come from Germany, especially Dortmund, really. Mm-hmm. And there's only there's only so many times 
that uh, assembly line can produce a good top quality coach that can manage in the championship and go further, etc. As we've seen with Wagner, well, Klopp, Wagner, uh, and Fark. Yeah. Um, so far, Seawood hasn't set any world alight with his with his teams. Huddersfield's recruitment's slightly different in the sense that they've got a very good recruitment team that bring in the players um, for the manager. Yeah, well, they've so, done it a bit differently this season mm-hmm. because they seem to have uh, targeted the lower leagues, really. Uh, Reese Brown is the standout signing. They've yeah. also signed a uh, lad from Leighton Orient whose name is completely... Josh Karuma. That's the one. Uh, but Reese Brown's the one I'm really excited about because they've got him from Forest Green. Mm-hmm. And for me, he could turn out to be the bargain of the season because he yeah. was very highly rated at Forest Green and he has shown some moments of pure brilliance in pre-season mm-hmm. from what I've seen. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this season. The main thing to get excited about, as you just mentioned, is Carlin Grant, who they brought from Charlton in January. He's only 21, but was Huddersfield top scorer last season. Still funny. <laughs> he got four goals. Still funny. Four goals, and he's the top scorer. Christ <laughs> almighty. Uh, but we're both big, big fans of his, mm-hmm. and I could see him scoring a lot of goals in this team, uh, especially for a side that's struggled for goals in the last few seasons, really. He's got a lot of supply from good creative players. You're looking at Moy. Reese brown has got the ability to thread a pass. Um, Pritchard's done it at this level before. I know you're not his biggest fan, but I think... I, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not his biggest fan. It's just... He's a bit of a weird one, really, in the way that I'm repeating myself again here. But he went for a lot of money to Norwich and then Huddersfield. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't really justified it since he he had that good season at Brentford. And then since then, he's been a bit meh. And obviously last season, he was playing in a side that really failed to create many chances or goals for that matter. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to see how he does this season because they'll be looking to him for a bit of a spark. Uh, what about the rest of the team then? What do you think of uh, how Huddersfield has set up? Well, they've sorted the goalkeeper situation out. Have they? Camel Grabara. But have they? He got high reviews again at the Under-21 tournament for, for Poland. Um, it's gone well before with Danny Ward, so you know, hopefully this one has the same impact. Mm. He's coming from Liverpool, but my concern for him is that he's only 20, which is very young for a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and he's not played a competitive game in England. So we'll have to see how that goes, but I'm not convinced that the goalkeeper situation is sorted. I mean, the only other option is Ben Hamer. So it's sorted then? Well, I'm not sure Ben Hamer sorts it. No. Grabara sorts it. Oh, no, no. Because I'm not convinced he's... All I'm saying is 20 is a very young a very young age for a goalkeeper it in is, the Championship. It is for a goalkeeper, but Schmeichel started out at that age. He turned out pretty decent. Peter or Casper? Casper. Okay. But what I'm trying to get at is, is goalkeeper is a more simple position to play when you're... You say that when you've got Matt Smith coming at you from across. Slightly different when when that cannon is coming in, yeah. Um, But I think it's a simpler position to play when you're younger. I think you can thrive a lot more 
you say that though, but if you make an absolute clangor, then... it, it can affect you. But yeah. we saw last season with Marek Rodach at, at Rotherham, he, he he thrived, and it, you know it's he he was put in a position to to to, to play. Goalkeepers need games to play, so they don't play games, and they end up being as number two or number three. So I think it's I think it's, it's a good sign, and he got good as I say, he got good reviews at the under twenty one tournament. Mm. You know, we've seen good goalkeepers go to that tournament and not do well. Any England under twenty one team over the past sort of ten years can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. And they've true. gone on to have Premier League careers. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, let's just finish on their defence. Then, what do you uh, make of uh, the how they're set up? Because that was. Really, that's really been one of their strong points, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yeah, but going all the way back to the days of Wagner, they they were, I wouldn't say they were a very defensive team then, but they were more defensive focused than they were attacking, which explains why they don't score as many goals. I think Seawert needs to find a balance for that. They're, they are equipped defensively, I think, to be, I would say, be one of the more prudent teams in the league next season. Mm-hmm. But as we say, we expect um, Colin Grant to score quite a few goals next season. But if their defence, I mean, if their defence is sorted out, then could they challenge for the playoffs, do you think? As we've said, any team in this top half can, can challenge for the playoffs. And I think Huddersfield are no different. So if you've got a, if you've got a good defence in that top half, as we've seen with Borough, you've got an, there's an opportunity there to finish in the top six, mainly because of how inconsistent teams can be when going for the top six. Um, so as I say, their defence is sorted, then there's not a huge problem to, to sort out going forward. Okay. Let's move on to number 11th in the championship. We've got Swansea. Mm-hmm. We were both tipping Swansea for promotion at the end of last season yep. with uh, Graham Potter in charge. But he's gone. And in comes England under-17 manager Steve Cooper. Yeah. What do you make of that? Um... I wasn't convinced at the very like when I first saw his name. I thought it's it's completely different when you're coaching kids compared to yeah, it's fair to say the kids yeah you know, compared to adults in a championship environment. But looking at Swansea, their philosophy has changed. It's gone to bringing you know they want to bring through their younger players. They're doing that very well. Um, they've got a they they've re-identified an identity. Which they've lacked over the last sort of four or five years, um, and I think now under Cooper they've got a good opportunity to to push on over yeah. the next sort of couple of seasons. A lot of teams I think are in that position where they're going through a bit of a transition, mm. Mm. and Swansea are definitely in a bit of a transition. Uh, one of the main reasons why we fancied Swansea to uh, potentially challenge for promotion next season is because of how they're underlying stats from last season panned out yep. they were a very attractive side they uh, were sixth in the league for expected goals and they ranked very highly with shots taken against shots faced mm-hmm. and they've also kept their key players those being Ollie McBurney Matt Grimes and Mike van der Horn. so you've kept those three key players you've got pretty much the same squad really a few of the Big names have gone. The players who were hogging a lot of the wage bill, they've gone. Uh, but the squad's mainly the same mm-hmm. and the underlying stats were pretty attractive. Steve Cooper's just got to keep going what Graham Potter 
had going, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And they, I, I think their best signing this summer is Andy Scott. He's the recruitment guy. Yes. Yeah. I, I was just looking at who Swansea have signed. And I was like, who? Yeah. <laughs> and no, it just clicked with me. Yeah. Um, he's come from Watford. He's brought in Ben Wilmot, which is a great signing on loan. He's a good mm. defender. Very highly rated. Um, they're linked with. They've been very heavily linked with Casey Palmer, which I think at Swansea would is perfect for for both parties in in that sense because he's incredibly creative, and Swansea are. Yeah, sometimes poetry. Mm. The issue with that is, I think uh, Casey Palmer wants to move permanently from Chelsea, and I'm not sure Swansea will be able to get him on a permanent basis. But let's let's talk about the future of Casey Palmer. Let's talk about Swans. Uh, Daniel James is the standout player to leave. That feels like an absolute age away yeah, now. Does. But I'm not too fussed about him going, no. particularly. No, and they'd they'd obviously be stronger. If he was there... He's a good player, he's a good young player. But, but it's not a hammer blow, is it? No. No. And we, we've said before about what that actually means for Man United, but for Swansea, it's it's not the end of the world. And when you add players to the squad that they've already got, like Bersant Salina, mm -hmm. Joe Roden and Conor Roberts, then there's a lot to like about Swansea because it's a young, exciting team and yeah. they're only going to get better from how they were last season. Sorry, um, just one caveat to, to Swansea at the moment is Mick Burney's been linked with Sheffield United again. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously a bit of a worry. Mm -hmm. um, but Sheffield United have signed a striker. It's Musa. Musa, that's it. And it wouldn't surprise me if that might be enough for them next season. But that's Sheffield United. Is, if, if they keep hold of Ollie McBurney. Yeah, that's what I mean. If they keep hold of Mick Burney, they've got a great chance of... yeah. Being around the top six. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the things to be worried about is they haven't strengthened much, as I say. The only player they've brought on the permanent deal is Jake Bidwell mm -hmm. from um, QPR. QPR, which is a decent signing. At the championship level, yeah. I know QPR fans were quite happy to see him leave. He, They weren't too keen on him, were they? No, but Steve Cooper's a man who would know how to get the best out of a player who might have underperformed. He's, what I'm saying, he's a quality coach and maybe he can get something out of Bidwell. Yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how Steve Cooper does in his first season. And then, they, as you say, they are going through a bit of a transition and have mm -hmm. spent most of the summer just cutting down on the wage bill with Wilfred Boney, Olsen, Narsing and Leroy Fur. They've all gone. So, excuse me, that's the main things that they've been trying to deal with this mm -hmm. summer. In 10th, we're in the top 10, Justin. We have Preston. Forever in the top ten. Forever. Always the maid, not the bride. That's the one. No, the bride's bride maid. Not the, the bride. maid. <laughs> it's late. Give me a break. Uh, yeah, Preston always seem to get tipped for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it happening this season. No, look, just looking at them, they need a lot of players to... Be right on form, and that that they dipped not alarmingly last season, but their form tailed a little bit compared to what it was, um, yeah. sort of in the the middle period of the season. So that might affect them. They had a slow start last season, might happen again this season. But with that, that's probably what's pu pulling them 
back from you know pushing on. Yeah, the big blow this season is that they've lost Callum Robinson, who was the top scorer, even though he missed quite a few games. Yeah. Um, and for his loss to not be as bad as Preston fans are hoping, mm-hmm. they will need either Jaden Stockley or Sean Maguire to step up massively and replace his goals. Personally, Definitely. I think Jaden Stockley is capable of it. Yeah, I, I've, I've got down here. It's, it's a big season for Stockley and Maguire. Mm. Um, Maguire's got the ability, but it's not quite happened for him yet. And Stockley obviously came in in January last season. Bit of a step up for him from League Two level. But as you say, I, I think he's got the, the quality to, to, to manage that. And Preston might adapt the way they play to suit Stockley a little bit more. Mm. Well, the defence was the problem last season. Mm-hmm. And while Preston scored more than any other side in the bottom half, they also conceded more than five other teams in the bottom half, including Wigan, Millwall and Reading. Uh, to address this, they brought in Patrick Bauer, which I think is a great move. Free transfer, it's a, it's a, it's a good addition. Yeah, um, he, he was key to Charlton's success last year, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. And he could form one head of a partnership with Ben Davis at a centre-back. Yeah. The keeper situation's a bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been too comfortable with Declan Rudd as no, a number one keeper. He's never convinced me either. No. And I don't think he's convinced Preston, given the fact that they've always they've always seemed to have brought a keeper in. To... He's been given a lot of opportunities, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. And I always think a good judge of a goalkeeper, and this might be just staying the obvious, but how many points they give away. Yeah. throughout a season and how many they save. Declan Rudd cost Preston quite a few points last season. Um, I don't know if you saw the mistake that he made in the friendly on Saturday. A lot of people saying it swerved. I can. Yeah, right. Here's my issue. He has made this dramatic save and he's trying to save it with his furthest away hand. Yeah. And it seems to me that if he doesn't dive, just move slightly to his left, He'll be able to deal with it better. But instead, he's gone for this dramatic dive. It's hit the outside of his hand and just dribbled into the net. It's weird weird that he jumped before the ball had got into a position where he could save it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's Preston Fenn's been defending him and he did make a couple of good saves in that match, to be fair. He saved penalty. But still, I would probably have Preston a bit high if they had a decent number one. They've not had a decent number one for a few years. Not a consistent, decent number one. I can't think of the last one. Andy Lonergan? Is that how long ago we're going? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's going, back, that's going way back. Mm. But that that is probably a position that, that they need to address um, before anywhere, anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, Preston are a good side and they've got some very good players at this level. Alan Brown, Ben Pearson. So I think 10's fair for Preston. They could break into the playoffs if... Uh, Jaden Stockley starts firing and their defence. If their team's on form and their players are all performing, yeah, they 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 they're a dangerous outfit. They're very Alex Neal's a very good manager at this level, um, as we've seen. Um, so as you, yeah, if if they're on form, they they can definitely break into the yeah. top six. Absolutely. In ninth, we have Derby County. A couple of table predictions that I've seen of Derby finishing around 12th, which I think is a bit harsh. I, I'd i probably say around 12th to 8th is fairly right in that bracket. I do think Derby could 
end up in the playoffs. Like, They've lost a lot that of might be, influence in their team. Yeah, well, it, it's undeniable that they, they, they've lost the best players, three best players. Yeah. And that's there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there hasn't been much transfer business, but I do feel that the players that Zabi have left aren't given enough credit. No, they're, they're, they're good players and perhaps Mount, Wilson and Tamori grabbed all the plaudits last season and you forget the the influence that, let's say, Keo, Bogle um, and Wagon had. Um, Marriott has the, has the potential to score 20, 30 goals next season. Um, but basically you can pick out about six players in this <clears throat> team who would fit in at a top side Definitely. in the championship, wouldn't you? But the only thing that's letting Derby down at the moment is the fact that Koku is working about two or three weeks behind everyone else. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. The, the manager situation was a farce from Chelsea's perspective because it was completely unfair to Derby's preparation. Um, it was nothing we've ever seen before in how long it rumbled on. They brought in a top quality manager like Koku, you know, they just need to give him time, give him an opportunity to obviously transition some talented youth players into that first team. With the we, I, you know, I still think they're two or three players short, two or three first team players short of being top six quite easily because that top six is looking sharp. Yeah, that's fair. And I was actually listening to a Dutch football expert the other day, and he actually said he thinks was it Steve McCartney? No, no. Um, but he is a Dutch football expert. And um, you've lost my trail of thought now. Uh, he was basically saying that uh, he feels the whole Koku move to Derby is a bigger risk for Derby than it is Koku just because of how poorly he did at Fenerbahce last season. Mm-hmm. He obviously had a, a decent amount of success at PSV, um, but you know the Eredivisie it's hard to tell how much quality yeah. there is in that league so it'll be interesting to see how Koku does but yeah. um, there's not much else we can say because we're just guessing about how a manager who's never managed at this league before is going to do in the championship mm-hmm. but focusing on the team going forward Jack Marriott if he stays fit he could score about 20 goals this season Martin Waghorn for me is one of the most underrated players in the league Is yeah I, I, I agree I'd never when I first saw that transfer fee I was like are they mad? Mm. It, what, close to eight million pounds, five million, and then the rest added on. It's a, it was a big fee for 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 him. But he's one of those players that can play out wide, can play as a central striker, can play in a two and drop off. He's he's such a versatile, versatile, underrated forward. Yeah, it goes a long way in teams like Derby who who need that sort of player. Yeah, and uh, Tom Lawrence as well. He's never really done it in the Derby shirt, uh, but he is capable of being one of the best players in the league if he just finally finds his feet and starts living up to his uh, potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The new additions in midfield are Graeme Shinney and Kieran Down, the only two players that Derby have actually signed this mm-hmm. summer. Um, Shinney's on a free from Aberdeen and Dow's on loan from Everton. Uh, Derby fans will be hoping Shinny ends up being as successful as, you know, John McGinn, Kenny McLean. That won't happen. Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm very harsh on Derby's expectation of Shinny. Why? I'm not overly impressed with his stats, for starters. Okay. I think he can be a good player, but from what I've seen of him, he just runs around. 
Yeah. He just runs around. He does. He doesn't have the quality. Work for Craig Bryson. It worked for Craig Bryson, but he doesn't have the quality Bryson possesses. And obviously comparing him to McGinn, definitely doesn't have the quality that John McGinn possesses. Mm. Um, he's come from left back, gone into centre mid. Does that happen often? Uh, Fair enough. In defence, it's probably the main concern for Derby. Mm-hmm. It's more he's obviously gone, and he was the standout player for Derby last season. Yeah. Uh, George Evans, who's a centre-mid, has been filling in at centre-back uh, alongside Richard Keogh. He's actually done a decent job in the few times that he's yeah. had to play there. Whether he's the long-term answer, we'll have to see. Um, but the only other options is Curtis Davis, who's 34 now. Come back from long-term injury. Yeah, so. missed most last season with a bad injury. And then goalkeeper situation is a bit of a worry because Carl Roos is in goal. He's never looked too comfortable since replacing Scott Carson. <laughs> And he obviously made that mistake in the playoff final. No, I've never been convinced by Roos. He's he does make some good saves, but you want your goalkeeper to be perfect, and Roos isn't. His kicking's good at times. His distribution's a bit slow, but it's accurate, which is ideal. But it's slow. Hmm. Um, doesn't command his area. He definitely doesn't command his area. That's that's his main weakness, if anything. But as most goalkeepers should be, he's a good shot stopper. Mm. Um, just go and catch it. Catching it does help when you're a goalkeeper. It does. Especially in the championship. And then just finally to round up uh, on Derby, the underlying stats last season really did not favour them. No. In terms of expected goals, they were about mid-table and they actually went off a bit of a cliff every, in the every, second half yeah, of the table. Every, everything pointed to Derby finishing mid-table, which so that... This is, that's why the Lampard move surprised me as much as it did mm. but also didn't surprise me at the same time just because Derby weren't that good last season they had a style of play it worked but only worked with a certain personnel it worked when Harry Wilson smashing in from 30 yards yeah. on a regular basis yeah. <laughs> pretty much and that's really all that Derby needed 8th uh, place Derby fans won't be too happy Nottingham Forest. This yeah. is the one we disagreed on the most. I yeah, I've got a lot written down here for Forest. Yeah, you had them to finish in the bottom half. Yeah, I had them to finish in the playoffs. That's a bit of a difference, Justin. I think, I think this is what makes Forest so interesting: is they've got that quality of player, mm. but it doesn't always work for them. Yeah, it says a lot about how this season could go for Forest and mm. how unpredictable, really, their situation is. Because they've, there's the main reason being they've got a lot of unknowns to contend with. Uh, Sabi Lamushi is the new manager. Yeah. And right. when he was at Wren, he took them from relegation candidates to Europe in one season and then was sacked after a poor run. And then elsewhere, they brought in three lads from Portugal. Two yeah. of them hardly played a game last season. And the other one was playing for a side who were relegated from the Portuguese top flight. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to say how. It's hard, it's hard to judge how well they'll do. Yeah, their recruitment strategy is bizarre. I think one thing that's holding Forest back is their approach to recruitment okay. and the fact that they, it feels like it's an agent influenced job. Mm. Like you look at teams like Brentford and um, Swansea to an extent, they're all data driven from from a recruitment perspective. You know, they bring players in who fit their style of play. Forest don't have that. They just it's a scattergun approach to bringing in players. They've got 32 first team players in the squad. That's in, that's including people. Uh, that's including players like 
of Napai, sort of the fringe younger players as well. Yeah. But it's 32. They've got Jakub, Watson, Liam Bridcut, who all do a similar job. Mm. They can't get around the pitch too much. They're all very defensive, experienced players. They've got Guediora, Silva, Semedo, who again are quite similar. They're deep line playmakers, like to influence play. And they've got five centre backs. So what you're saying is they're short on depth. <laughs> well, you look at the squad depth in those areas, and then you look at the the striker. The, the strikers they've got Graben and Murphy are the two first team players. And you've also got Arvin Apai coming through. And Dal and, Murphy uh, must be what sixty odd now. He's he'll go on forever. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's, is it Lewis or Tyler Walker? He's gone. I think no, no. no he was linked with Coventry, mm. but I don't think he's actually gone. Um, but I'm not sure he'll be there what, when the what season actually starts. What I'm trying to say is, if Graben gets injured, they're knackered up front, mm. um, which is why which is why I've put them down into their team because there's only you know, it's like Jared Bowen. You can only rely on your quality player so much, and if they do that with Joe Lolly, it's it's not the best situation. It's not going to be the best. best you say that, but they they have brought in Albert Adoma and the Doesn't attacking four of Lolly, Adoma, Carvalho, and Graben. That's a Pretty frightening Again, front four, isn't it? Carvalho was in and out of the squad last season. If he, if he, if he can be consistent, and if Lolly can have the same season he did last season, and Adoma doesn't score or assist many, but he's he's useful, mm. then sure they can finish fairly high. But as I say, there's just Lewis Graben is again he's getting on a bit. He's he's in his thirties. He gets he he had a lot of heel injuries last season. Um, so I'm just not. I'm not convinced by their forward their forward line, mm. and it lacks the depth. Weirdly, that the defence have. It's quite funny that we're saying this because I think it was only a few weeks ago when I was slagging off Forest signings, and uh, was, you, you were backing was, them up. I was just trying to add a bit of balance. And now we've the tables have turned. I've I've put Forest in the playoffs. You put the uh, bottom half, and mm. uh, then just round up on Forest. Um, they brought in Murich. Uh, for the yeah, goalkeeper that's a good time yeah he's very highly rated at Man City and he could turn out to be one of the best keepers in the league that gives them four goalkeepers by the way Pantamilon Steele Jordan Smith and now Murich fantastic squad depth <laughs> if one it's, gets injured that's what I mean it's it's it's. Uh, Forrest were they had a transfer embargo yeah financial fair play it's Gonna go that way again if they're not careful. They need to, they need to get into the playoffs. Well, they clearly, it looks like they're clearly going for it. Well, so they should. They've got thirty-two players in their squad. <laughs> All right, let's round up this episode then. In seventh place, we've got Stoke. Yeah, and this is another one we disagreed on quite a lot. It's kind of the opposite to Forest. Really, you had Stoke to finish in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I had them to finish eleventh. Um, what was your thinking behind that? They've got a championship dream team. That's true. And that's one of the main problems that I've got with this Stoke team. Uh, the headline, as we say, for Stoke is the signings they've made because they've done some very smart business yep. in bringing in Nick Powell, Adam Davis, Lee Gregory, Stephen Ward and Jordan Cousins on free transfers. And Liam Lindsay, who I'm a big fan of, has come in for a couple of million pounds and they've also paid money for Tommy Smith. My main issue which I've already mentioned before on previous podcasts, is that the seven new players they brought in for next to nothing 
are any of them going to get stoked to the Premier League? I think they can. I'm not too sure because they're all good championship players. I keep saying this. If you want to get to the Premier League, you need to sign players who should be in the Premier League. Do any of them for you, do they stand out as Premier League players? Um, I'd say Adam Davies and Liam Lindsay could play in the Premier League one day, but at the moment, I wouldn't say so. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's very hard to say because I don't think the quality. That because you don't think any of them are Premier League players. I think they are. Uh, Who? Well, you've just said Adam Davies and Liam Lindsay they're, could they're, play they're in the Premier examples. League. They're two examples. Nick Powell, I think, has the ability to play in the Premier League, but he needs to stay fit. But if he doesn't, then his biscuit knees will just return, and he'll so, be. Back. We're all we're all ifs and buts, but that you know, if you want to look at it as a straightforward point of view, that Stoke squad has the potent, has has the ability to to win the championship. I think. You look at that. You look at three strikers to win the championship. Look at look at this few Sam Vokes, Benikafobe, uh, and Lee Gregory. They're they're championship legends, and the, the their their ability at the championship has been so high I don't know if it's late well Benicophobi didn't have a great season last year no he didn't but he was also playing, playing in a Guy Rowett team fair point but I mean even when Nathan Jones came in he wasn't exactly firing then He's had his, he also had his injury problems so you're telling me this Stoke team could win the win the whole league I this, this Stoke team has definitely has the potential to do it it's got it's got the ability and the potential to do are it are we looking at the same Stoke team yes we're also forgetting the fact that they've got Tyrese Campbell and Lee Gregory. Tyrese Campbell had a very good loan spell at Shrewsbury and Lee Gregory... Lee Gregory is one of the most underperforming strikers in terms of expected goals last season. Never scored more than 10 goals in the championship season. But he's a Russian Harry. Flipping egg. Um, <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you that Benicophobia could potentially be... Uh, Good player in the championship. He's done it before, um, but it's right. he's not done it for a while now. Let's let's go. Let's say they've got a first eleven. Let's go up the spine of that first eleven. You've got Jack Butland, who's the he's the league's best yeah. goalkeeper. Impre- in keeping him is very impressive. Yeah, they got uh, now. Sh- now Shawcross is injured. You got Danny Bat and Liam Lindsay. Not, not completely sold on Danny Bat, but again, I think he's he's won promotion from this division before. He's one of those players that. Limited in ability, especially in the Premier League, can do very can do a very good job in the in the Championship. Then you move up to Ryan Woods and Atebo, Atebo and Joe Allen. They are three players. What I think Ryan Woods definitely has the ability to play in the, play in the Premier League. The way he plays football, okay. Atebo is a good footballer, without doubt. He was probably one of their standout players last season. And Joe Allen again, I know Stoke players, Stoke fans have been frustrated with him last season, but. He was their standout player for a good two seasons. And again, he's got the ability to play in the Premier League. Then you go up to uh, Nick Powell, Sam Vokes, Benic Fobe, more so Sam James Vokes. James McLean. The spy of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're missing out on Tom Ince because Tom Ince has always been, he's always blown hot and cold. Some places he performs well, some places mm-hmm. he doesn't. He hasn't really done it in a Stoke shirt yet, but if Nathan Jones can um, make it feel like he's at home, then he could end up being a very good player and oh, yeah. get Stoke into the playoffs. But I, I do not buy them being able to go up automatically, let alone win the league. I 
I think they've they've got the potential in that squad to 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 win the league. You talk you're talking about the spine, but the the other players in the team. I mean, who's going to play left back next season? It could be Martin Zindi or Stephen Ward, or it feels like I'm missing someone else there. But whoever it is, their championship. Uh, you, I'm also taking into consideration that well, you know now we've gone through like most of the the league. The league's not as strong as it has been in the last couple of years. No, that's fair. And that's the Stoke squad for me is one of the most balanced, well balanced squads in the whole league. I'll give you that the squad's not as strong as it has been. But for me, that top three, and spoiler alert, that top three for me look very strong. They do. And I would not even put them in the same league as Stoke. Um, but let's round up Nathan Jones I like as a manager and Stoke need to give him time if they want to see him succeed I'm confident he will get them to the Premier League one day I'm just not sure it'll be this season but maybe, we'll see maybe it will we'll see that's why we do this podcast because it's a game of opinions Justin but you're wrong in this occasion. <laughs> this has been the Second Tier Podcast. This has been our predictions from 12 to 7th. Tomorrow, we release our top six. You'll find out who we think is going up and who's going to win the league. We'll and see you then. Gonna, and who's going to be bitterly disappointed in the playoff finals. Are we predicting that? No, but it'll be one of those top four. Uh, sorry, top six. I've been Justin Peach. No, I'm not. I'm Ryan Dilks. No! <laughs> <laughs>